A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Since they could not get to get to him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowering, lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are, are forgiven. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive the sins but God alone? Immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, he took his mat, and walked out in full view of them, of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we've never seen anything like this. Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. A large crowd came to him, and he began to teach them. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him, and Levi got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. When the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with the sinners and the tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, it is not healthy. It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Now John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting. Some people came and asked Jesus, how is it? That's John's disciples and the, John, John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees are fasting but yours are not. Jesus answered, how can the guests of the bridegroom fast while he is with them? They cannot, so long as they have him. But the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them, and on that day they will fast. No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, otherwise the new piece will pull away from the old, making the tear worse. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the wine will burst the skins, and both the wine and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins. That's the end of the reading for today. Some good questions as well as a good energy, wouldn't you say that? Uh... For a few moments uh, this morning, I'd like to focus in on a, a few thoughts in regards to faith, uh, the passages that were read by uh, Dan. Uh, as Pastor Chris mentioned, we're really over the Christmas season, even though for many, there still are some decorations up, right? 
I just drive by. We finally got ours outside ones done yesterday, fortunately, before the rain. And on Christmas morning, uh, I got up early, and uh, Thomas had a gift that uh, needed to be not assembled, but you'll see what I mean. Blown up. Ah, you've seen this before? Bozo. And I wish I would have looked at the directions, too, because I'm blowing as hard as I can, and you've got to pinch it. And I'm thinking, there's no air going in this thing. And Bozo has been losing some air over the... Has been losing... I'm going to shut this off. Late, you know. How does Bozo relate to the message? You know, Bozo, sometimes when you say, well, you're a Bozo, and I've said that as well as I've been a bozo, we're all bozos at times, you know, outcasts, you know, something that's different from us. Here we have, uh, in the passage this morning, we have a, a man that was born paralyzed, or we don't know his situation, maybe it was just a few years, we don't know, but he had four friends that took him to where Jesus was. And Dan, you reminded me that, uh, you know, the roof, there were so many people there that uh, the four friends great friends, figured out a way to get him into the house so Jesus could see him and maybe give him attention and maybe give him healing. And so they took part of the roof off. In those days, you could go up the side. They had steps, and there were branches and some wood and, and all. And uh, some of that must have fell on people, right, as they took that off. I didn't realize that as they're lowering the, the man down. And then Jesus is having a meal with sinners and tax collectors. And uh, the Jewish authorities are saying, no, this isn't right. This is not right at all. You know, the tax collectors were really employed by the Romans, and they really took advantage of the people. They gathered the taxes from the Romans, for the Romans, but they also gained it for themselves. And they usually took more than what was a fair share of that. But also you think back to the bozo, that uh, there's things that happen in our life. There's things that happen in uh, other people's lives that we know, that we read, that uh, really kind of separate one from one another, as well as separate us from living God. Here we are in Mark's gospel as we continue. There's a lot going on in this book. And Mark writes uh, pretty not detailed about what's going on, and there's one event after the other. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the good news, in the gospel. The time is now, present when the kingdom of God here is on earth. And as Christians, we believe that's Jesus Christ that's present, not only at that time, but in our lives. Healing physically is one thing, but forgiveness of sins? Only God could forgive sins. And that's where the rub came. And then Jesus said, which is easier, to forgive someone of their sins or to heal them? And they're both difficult. They're only things that God can do. But they were never expecting that this Jesus would say, son, your sins are forgiven. And then Jesus goes on to say, no one sews a patch of unsunk cloth on an old garment. If he does, the new piece will pull away from the old, making the tear worse. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. If he does, the wine will burst the skins, and the wine and the wineskins 
will be ruined. No, he pours new wine into new wineskins. You know, talking about being a faith-sayer and not a naysayer. You know, that's easier said than done. This morning, there's a new Bible study that began that Pastor Chris and uh, Cheryl are leading in the book of James. And James is a letter that really talks about action. It's not only faith about thinking about what, uh, boy, the mic is really having a problem this morning, or maybe I need to kind of hold in, I don't know. But being a naysayer, you know, kind of, oh, that can't be done, or what are you doing? You know, why are you gathering with those outcasts? You know, we're all outcasts. The church is not for saints. The church is for all people. And really a hospital is kind of like an emergency room, even though sometimes uh, one doesn't look inside of our lives. We're so concerned sometimes too much with the outside. Thanks for Christopher. Was he kind of giving you a tough time to kind of get in the room? And, uh... But what does that mean? You know, how can we take that a notch higher? You know, we're going to gather in just a few moments at the Lord's Supper. And uh, as we were singing as a deer pants, and as I think about that sabbatical, I was really overwhelmed with emotion. I couldn't even sing. Did you ever get to that place where, you know, you, you just kind of like, wow, God, this opportunity, this gift that uh, I and my family have been given. And uh, now you say, well, I'd like to go on a sabbatical too, and maybe I need to. But hopefully you're able to do many type of sabbaticals where you sense God's renewal, where you sense God's grace in fuller way. But how can you take faith a step higher? How can you do that this morning? You know, how can it be more than just kind of what you think to what you're doing in life? As I've been planning uh, for the sabbatical, uh, you know, kind of thinking about some of the major disciplines of, of prayer, of Bible reading, of reflection, of uh, journalizing, you know, of walking a labyrinth, of doing some other things. It's not only doing it, but it's also being open to the living God spirit within my life as well as each of our lives. Max Lucado, a pastor and author in his book 316, The Numbers of Hope with John 16, says this 26-word parade of hope, beginning with God and ending with life, and urges us to do the same. It's brief enough to write on a napkin, you think about John 316, or memorize in a moment, yet solid enough to weather 2,000 plus years of storms and questions. The heart of the human is the heart of a human let me, the heart of a human heart is the heart of the human. And God's treatment is prescribed in John 3.16. He loves, he gave, we believe, we live. You know, think about that encounter with uh, Nicodemus, with Jesus. Nicodemus came at night. It's recorded in John 3, right by these verses that are so well known. Uh, one of the Jewish leaders, he comes and he wants to learn more about Jesus. He comes probably in the darkness in the night because... Uh, he doesn't want to be known that uh, he's wanting to look more and hear more about Jesus. And Jesus talks about different things, and he talks about you need to be born again. You need to be born anew. That God's spirit has to be inside you and transform you from the inside outward. Not from the outward inward. From the inside outward. And that Jesus is there, present, and loving us. There's difficult things that happen. You know, I think about that man born paralyzed. You know, what all was going on in his life? You know, think about uh, the tax collector and the other sinners. They don't say who the sinners, you know, tax collectors. It could have been the prostitutes. It could have been others that were gathered around at that table that Jesus was there with them. And Jesus is with us today. 
and to realize that more and more. Just last week, uh, Lynn and I ran into uh, some friends of ours from town. We were at uh, one of the grocery stores, and uh, I hadn't seen uh, them for some time. And uh, Barbara Stuper, Barbara, you might remember that service that you played for in Pompton Plains for uh, Frank Sawyer, which was about a year and two months ago. Uh, Dana and Tim ran into Dana, and that was her father. And uh, I ran into her some months ago, and, and tears were just falling down from her face. And uh, she loved her father greatly. And, uh, you know, we got talking a little bit about that in the grocery store, and that there's still pain, there's still a longing that's there. And Frank was a person of faith, I know that. And uh, that helps out. But there's still that disconnect, there's still that missing that we have of people that we love. And I was mentioning to Dana that uh, God's presence, you know, is still with you. And I can remember a fishing at your wedding right before Thanksgiving about 10 years ago, that your father was there, your mother and other loved ones. And, uh, you know, a great moment, a time of celebration. But that God is still at work in your life today. And uh, she said, uh, you said something, Tom, in that message. And many times in the sermons, I don't remember what I say. But she said something that has clicked and I've kept in front of me and it's really given me hope. And it's a Bible verse, not a Bible verse, but it's a saying from John Wesley. John Wesley was a Methodist pastor centuries ago, a leader, evangelist of the church. And uh, here's what he wrote. Do all the good you can, by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, at all times you can, to all the people you can, as long as you ever can. You know, God has given each of us life. Sometimes there's really troubles that we're experiencing. Maybe that's this morning. Maybe we need to be some of those friends that uh, help others, just like uh, the paralytic had four good friends. Maybe we uh, need to relate with people that seem to be outcast, or maybe we might feel outcast at times. And that's why we gather at the table. You know, it's the Lord's table. It's not Abundant Life Reformed Church table. It's not the Reformed Church table. Uh, it's Christ's table, that he gave his life for us. He gave that sacrifice on the cross for our sins. And as we get back to that Mark 2 that uh, Jesus said, Son, your sins are forgiven. You know, think about that. In, in our worship services, we often, just about 99.9% .9 of the time, use some type of confession that we need to kind of look within, that we're not perfect, we're not God, and that God is able to transform us, and that Jesus came to show us that in the fullness of time. I don't know if you look at the offering envelopes, but on the back, do you, have any of you read the offering envelopes in the back? Henry, you said you have, right? Do you remember what it said? This one? Okay, let me, I put you on the spot. You know, so, uh, but listen to this about your unique calling. And as I'm away for a, a short while in that, I really believe that, uh, friends, that God is at work in your lives more powerfully than what you even imagine. But listen to these words. Your unique calling. Your calling from God is unique. Comparing yourself to others results in a false sense of superiority or inferiority. You are a special person with gifts and talents unlike those of anyone else. And I believe that. And I hope that you believe that more and more, that God is at work in and through your life. The Christmas season is really over, and there's a saying that I got from uh, Ray Shaper some years ago. Ray isn't here with his family, and it's by Howard Thurman, an African-American theologian, educator, civil rights leader. 
you might know this one. When the song of the angels is stilled, when the star in the sky is gone, when the kings and princes are home, when the shepherds are back with their flock, the work of Christmas truly begins. To find the lost, to heal the broken, to feed the hungry, to release the prisoner, to rebuild the nations, to bring peace among brothers and sisters, and to make music from the heart, to be people of faith in the Lord, faithsayers and not naysayers. Let us pray. God, I might be rambling on here or there, but I know that your spirit is able to touch us at the deepest level. I know that you uh, empower us, Lord, with strength, not only physical strength, but emotional and spiritual strength that we can't match, that we need your spirit to guide and direct us. Those accounts uh, in Mark, I wish I would really know more about that, about the man born paralyzed, his life after that healing and that forgiveness. And how about those others that were gathered there in that house, crowded in, how their lives were changed because of Jesus. And then we gather with those tax collectors and sinners, of which we are all, and how Jesus associated with them, even to uh, the problems that that resulted with the Pharisees and other Jewish leaders. And then to say he forgives sins. God, that forgiveness of sins is something that uh, we can't do in ourselves. That it's by your power, it's by your sacrifice given. And that we need new life, not the old wineskins, not the old wine, but the new wine that you freely give. Help us to be open to that. In Jesus' name we ask this. Amen. If you're able, please stand for the affirmation of faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. Saying together, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead, he ascended to heaven and sits on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Universal Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. <laughs>